For those of you who have already heard this, I apologize, but I still need to introduce myself because I'm the new guy in town. I'm Father Garcia, the new associate pastor of St. Philip's Catholic Church. I'm a priest for the Diocese of Nashville. I was ordained in 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic. And I was assigned to St. Rose of Lima in the city of Murfreesboro for, as my first assignment. The bishop has now sent me here to St. Philip's to be the associate pastor, along with Father Michael Boltrus, who also happens to be the other associate pastor. So you have a total of three priests. I really say two and a half because I'm the half. Uh, Father Ed and Father Boltrus have a vast experience and they've been priests for a lot longer than I have, so they have more wisdom than I do for sure. But if there is anything that I can do for you, please do not hesitate to reach out. It takes me a while to get accustomed to things. It, it, it takes me a while to warm up to new places, people, so please be patient. I ask that you bear with me as I make this adjustment. Please keep in mind that this is my first reassignment. I was first sent to St. Rose of Lima and then transferred here. So it's the first time that I, as a priest, transfers from one parish to another parish. And it's not easy, especially when you build relationships with people. You get to love the place, the church, the people that you serve. And it's taking some time for me to get adjusted to this new community. That doesn't mean that I'm not going to give my 100%. That doesn't mean that my heart is still back at St. Rose. I remember talking to a religious sister once and telling her how, how, how hard it is to come to a new place and just, you know, be a servant to, to everybody, even if you don't know them. And she said, well, Father, let me tell you something. She had been a religious sister for a long, long time. She said, the last thing that you pack when you transfer assignments is your heart. You pack everything else. And then the last thing you pack, the last thing you put in that luggage is your heart. And guess what? The first thing that you unpack on your new place, the new assignment, is your heart. So that's what I'm trying to do here. We will have the opportunity, God willing, to get to know each other better and to get to share the faith that we profess as one family. Today's gospel, it's self-explanatory. All of us have heard this gospel. And it's important to highlight that this parable of the Good Samaritan is only found in the Gospel of St. Luke. If it wasn't for St. Luke, we wouldn't have this beautiful parable. That is one of the most famous parables of Jesus. When you think of the Good Samaritan, even though you don't know exactly where it is in the Bible as a good Catholic, you know it's somewhere there. It's in the Gospels, right? Because those are Jesus' own words. Now, a lot of the times when, when we hear a parable, we always try to uncode the moral teaching behind it. And yes, every parable has a moral, historical, political at times approach or meaning. But let's not forget that at the core, at the center of every parable, Jesus reveals himself. In every parable, absolutely every parable that you can think of, Jesus is speaking of himself. In every single parable, you name it, 
Jesus is revealing himself as God, as the Messiah, as the Redeemer, as the Savior, as God in the parable. Of course, in this parable, he is the Good Samaritan. But let's try to unpack the whole meaning. Because yes, what God is calling us to do is to love God above all things and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's ultimately what he's calling us to do. But he's actually highlighting a more spiritual point. Sin. Because what gets in the way between me and loving? Sin. Jerusalem was oftentimes the heavenly place. Anytime you saw in the Old Testament the city of Jerusalem, Mount Zion, that was automatically connected to the heavens, the divine, the sacred. In this parable, this man is traveling, is going from Jerusalem, from the divine, from the holy of holies, to Jericho. Now Jericho is the lowest place because it's by the Dead Sea. So it's the lowest point on earth. So he was descending, he was coming down from some sort of a divine experience to not so divine. And he's traveling and he gets robbed. He's almost, according to the gospel, he's half dead. That's what sin does to us. Sin leaves us half dead. Not completely dead, because there is redemption. But that's what sin does to us. And then we see these other characters, the priest and the Levite. But the gospel writer tells us that they were on the same path as this man, whose name we don't know. They were also lost. If you paid attention to the opening prayer, which was, which was quite lengthy, it's, it tells us how God brings us back every time we go astray. So this priest and this Levite couldn't help this man because they were on the same path. They were also lost. They couldn't help this man because they themselves needed help. And then here comes the Good Samaritan, who in a Jewish context, if you thought of a Samaritan, he was like a half-breed, not a real person in a sense. They were just terrible people. A lot of pious Jews would avoid going through Samaria to avoid falling in their ways of life or whatever. And it is the Samaritan, a stranger to the Jews, that brings healing, that brings comfort to this man. And he uses wine and oil, the sacraments. Think of the sacrament of baptism, confirmation, holy orders, anointing of the sick. All of those involve using oil. Think of wine. What's the sacrament that requires wine? The Eucharist. So there is healing in the church. That's why in the parable, Jesus takes this man to an inn. That represents the church. And he puts it on his own animal or in his own beast in some translations. 
He's taking care of him. He puts him in a safe place, in a sacramental place. That's the church. Ultimately, what God wants to save us from is our own sinfulness. That's what he wants to do. Because again, what's the, that thing that gets in the way of loving? God calls us to love himself, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbor. What's that obstacle that gets in the way? Our sin. And if we don't address that, we won't be able to love God, to love ourselves, and to love our neighbor the way he is wanting us to love our neighbor and ourselves and himself. It will be more difficult. So again, and there's a lot more to unpack. I, I wrote a paper on this parable. That's why I'm kind of hesitant. That's why I'm, you're thinking, oh, wow, Father knows a lot. Well, I, yeah. And I was trying not to mention anything about the paper, but then I thought, you know what, this is, it's, it was a good paper. I got a good grade on it, but it was just <laughs> academics. It was just academics. And what we do here at Mass, especially at the time of the homily, is not just academics. It's not just an intellectual approach on faith matters or morals. What is the greatest obstacle between my love for God and others? In other words, what is my greatest sin? What gets in the way so that I could love freely, so that I can return from Jericho to the heavenly Jerusalem? I think we all know the answer. I think deep in our hearts, we know what we struggle with the most. Let's take care of that in order to do what Jesus tells us in this line of the gospel. Go and do likewise.